ADT professionally installs Google Nest products, helping to make your home safe and smart. You can check in on your home and manage your security system from virtually anywhere. And with Nest Cams and Nest Doorbell, you get intelligent alerts on what matters most. Plus, when every second counts, you can trust ADT's 24-7 professional monitoring. When the most trusted name in home security adds the intelligence of Google, you've got a home with no worries. Go to ADT.com today or call 1-800-ADT-ASAP. The show that is only slightly more likely to get paid before a denial esports player, this is the E-League Report, the best damn esports show you'll listen to this week. I'm Brian, he's Seven, and we're coming at you live from the vault where Valve keeps their pile of international battle pass money. We're never going to make friends with this show, you know that, right? <laughs> you know, at some point you just got to give up and just live with reality. That's right, that's right. Who needs friends? Uh, definitely not I. On this episode, Danish Esports gets a shot in the arm, Riot drops the hammer on racism, Valve heats up the race to TI9 with both changes to region allocation and an ever-growing prize pool, Denial is denying their players' pay, and Esports viewership is seemingly on the rise. But first, someone's messing with the economy, and it isn't China. The latest CSGO update may have a huge impact on competitive play. In an update yesterday, Valve stated that the loss bonus is now going to reset immediately after a team wins a round, effectively ending the silent carryover from losing multiple matches after hitting the max loss bonus. Everyone's up at arms about this. Are you a fan of this change to the economy? I think most people are actually happy with it. Uh, and honestly, it felt like that silent carryover was more of a bug than a feature. Uh, yeah, you but would you make it so. part of the. You you, you got to just get with it. Like you make it a part of the game, and people start. <laughs> that is the Valve way. Let's it. be honest. Yeah, you just go. Oh, you know, we we intended this all along. So really, what was happening is like after you would lose so many rounds in a row, you, uh, you would hit the max loss bonus. Uh, however, that additional bonus would carry over. So even if you after hitting max loss, say you lost like two more rounds, you would then win a round. You would still continue to get the bonus because it would kind of just be like everyone a, gets a, a trophy, to it, right? Yeah, everybody gets a trophy. Uh, so uh, that has now been changed. So you immediately jump down to just the the average for winning a round versus getting the additional bonus. Basically, what it was doing, it was overcompensating and almost making it uh, beneficial to lose during certain periods of time and kind of game the system and in some ways but won't this make matches less exciting like if i'm watching an esports it's... match and where there's a chance for it to snowball back in the other direction do you take that away is it just going to mean a lot more lopsided victories well i mean if you think about it if you've won consecutive rounds you've likely kept your guns you haven't had to like spend more uh to purchase uh, you ha- you haven't had to make more expensive buys, largely. So if you do lose a round, you should still have enough money to make another buy again, right? So it should level out in that sense. But if the team has been losing, uh, has been getting more money, win again, and have more money to buy, uh, maybe if they choose to go with like a double op setup or whatever it may be, they, they've aff- and they've also gained your weapons from the previous round, uh, it almost allows them to, again, snowball back the other direction. So we see this a lot. You'll see a team lose like six in a row, and then they'll win like six in a row, and then they'll lose six in a row again, whatever it may be. So now it's just like just it's weird. 12 in a row. I just I didn't do any math there, so obviously someone's going to comment like, that's yeah, more than that's more rounds. rounds. That are all out. Right, right, right. I'm so, offended. anyways, but we've definitely seen off. these, like, it's been very streaky, and a lot of people don't like the fact that this is carried over. And I agree. I think, in all honesty, it has been a it's a bug. I think it's been a bug, and they finally got around to fixing it. Maybe they let it ride to see if it 
to get more data on it to see if it was uh, helping things, yes or no. But this largely I mean, it's definitely has, helping somebody come back, or would it be a swingy? Well, I, maybe can they make a version just for Cloud Nine <laughs> that actually gives them more money, or just clearly not helping? Maybe them. allows them. I don't know. No, have an observer shoot people. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, so I, I, I'm, I'm for the change. I, it could lead to more snowballed games, um, but at the same point in time, like those games, they're were probably going to end that way anyways. They're right? deserving to win. Yeah, we'll likely probably see more like these like sixteen one, sixteen two scenarios where before we had like sixteen fourteens or whatever. Well, that's what I'm saying. Is it less or more exciting? Is really what I'm wondering. Um, I honestly think the matches will be shorter and still end up in the exact same spot where they were. Maybe it'll actually fit on TV finally. Maybe, maybe this is just all, Valve's plan to take over. This is all. Disney this is XD. actually uh, E League was behind this all along. Maybe, maybe like we won't put CS:GO on TV, but your <laughs> matches are too long. They're like, we got you, we got this E League. Moving on to Danish esports are getting a boost in the form of backing from the government. Denmark's prime minister and minister of culture unveiled a strategy to set up a positive, sustainable, viable, and profitable esports infrastructure across the country. So we've seen this happen in the past, either giving tax breaks to big events like IEM or having some sort of like exploratory program. But this seems to be potentially a much bigger step than other nations have taken. Yeah, if you actually look at it, when you uh, from an earnings per player standpoint, or the amount of earnings won throughout esports, uh, Denmark ranks in like the top five countries, uh, and even maybe even top three in terms of like the average earnings of an esports player through winnings. So Astralis helps that a little bit, right? I was going to say it's a <laughs> yeah, little skewed. Let's be honest. Uh, but the thing is that they are approaching this by creating a committee, which a lot of people have largely stuck in this. Like we will classify it as an esport or as a Classified in the same round as like a sport, so it allows people to get visas better. Is generally where they always, almost always start. But they're taking it a step further and trying to get it involved uh, in actually youth, like uh, youth programs and cultures, and making it more acceptable. Which is where, in all honesty, the United States has largely lacked for the longest time. No, in fact, we have this culture of like this isn't a real sport. Right, right. A fourteen-year-old shouldn't be playing video games. They should be, I don't know, well, Snapchatting or something. I don't know. So no, no, no that should never be what they do. Okay, that's true. That's true. But it's, anyways, it's talk. By the way, you should know this. You have kids. I whatever. I, I nobody uses. I, I don't. know. But anyways, I'm old. Uh, I knew dirt when dirt was this high. So uh, <laughs> I don't even know what that means. But anyways, I think this is a smart way. I think this was a smart way to do it, uh, to get it, uh, get programs, uh, start basing around gameplay. And one of the things they mentioned was making it more acceptable for parents. Right? They they understand like this is a viable career. This is something that someone could do. Uh, don't put all your eggs in one basket, kids. Stay in school. But they're trying to basically lessen that idea in the United States. What this I just is such said. A strange show. <laughs> This, yeah, that's whatever. He's got a PSA. You made some weird old person comment <laughs> about dirt. I'm not quite sure where the esports are anymore. No, in Denmark, not here. No, one interesting thing about this, too, is they talked about uh, gender equality and wanting to be able to yeah, promote this for both men and women. Yeah. Uh, what the government does suck at, unsurprisingly, is naming things because it's got the awesome name of esports panel <laughs> yeah it sounds like uh how would you, you have like like this like really like bad way. hotel con <laughs> just the esports panel with so and so the the who, minister of culture <laughs> yeah, it's like who's this person it's like oh i don't know it's some kid who plays video games Wh- which com- uh, country was it that uh, at one point in time was down to the minister of fisheries as like the next in line for it must have been yeah it was somewhere it wasn't it might, might have been denmark who knows the u.s 
no. Let's be honest. Might be better. We couldn't get that lucky. Oh, see, political comment. You blame me. Riot takes a stance in the case of an Echo Fox board member's racist remarks towards fellow board member Rick Fox and G- former GM, I should say, Jace Hall. After their investigation, Riot directed Echo Fox to, quote, unquote, take appropriate corrective action within 60 days. Uh, and if Echo Fox fails to remove the individual in the required time period, the league will take formal action that may adversely impact the future of Echo Fox in the LCS. Look at Riot bringing the heat. Well, the other piece to this is that Echo Fox actually made a, a statement about 15, 20 minutes before we started recording the show. Is Man, it really they quick? used to work for Blizzard? Maybe. I think they're taking a page out of It says, we're working with the highest level of urgency to remove the investor from Echo Fox organization. Our initial timeline has always been shorter than the one announced by yesterday by Riot, uh, who we've been in close communication with. Uh, basically, in the end, saying, we will move through these challenges and be stronger for it. I mean, to be this investor and have your organization says, yes, we're working to remove them. Riot says, he, not fast enough. He, 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 uh, he pieces out or you lose your spot. Uh, I think this also comes on the heels of Riot having the walkout. They actually need to show that they're all about but this. But they hired a chief diversity officer. All our problems right. are solved. Yeah. Uh, anyways, that, that also wasn't the person who made the statement, too. So It was just a random um, Twitter person, wasn't it? No, no, it wasn't. What, what are you talking about? No, it was like a tweet, wasn't it? It was. It was on a tweet, but it was actually signed by uh, like the the head of like the LCS. Oh, it was the like LCS that. commissioner. I hear. Yeah, I yeah. thought it was going to be like the one of the CEOs or something. <laughs> Just Pete, head of head of tweets. <laughs> like, well, no. I mean, you might as well be on the LCS commissioner. When was the last time you made a meaningful decision? Today is the day. <laughs> right, right, right. But anyways, I, I think Riot uh, one. I I. I'm glad that they made this decision. This is one of the few times I think we can actually praise Riot for what they're doing. Uh, but of I course, also feel all like the counteractive this to this is if only they were this strong against sexism. Right, right, right. Exactly. So there was a lot going on this past week, uh, past couple weeks with them, or months, year. We'll just say years since the inception uh, of Riot. Day one. And, and so I, I think they also had to make this decision. I the one things I would also like, and I don't know if it made uh, any kind of impact on it, is. The owners, of the other teams in the league, like you saw this a lot, like in the NBA, right? It was the LA Clippers, I think, that they were forced to be sold uh, for making all this. Yeah, things. yeah. This is when your uh, boy Steve Ballmer bought in. Why, my, why my boy? Who, who? No, he's not my boy. Uh, because he's from Seattle. And he drinks, and you talk a lot about how where you fall on the Balmer curve. So I just assume. No, actually, I've never said Balmer curve in my life, but I am <laughs> from Seattle. I do and drink. Still now. So there we go. Anyways, okay, drinks. I fell into that trap. Oh my goodness! <laughs> well, if you get to make old people jokes, I'll act like a six year old. We'll counterbalance. Yeah, there we go. This is a show, and it's uh, it's hard. You know, this is about esports, by the way. Yeah, exactly. So, but I, I wish they would have had a little bit more of a say into it, and I'm, maybe they did. Right? I but, wish they would have done this. They're claiming to have done it proactively. This is their that line that we were always working faster than the deadline that we were given. But they should have been public about this from the beginning. Now, that being said, this may be an incredibly complicated situation for them. Because if there isn't some sort of morality clause in the investment agreement when they put the right, money right. in, that means somebody has to come up with the money to potentially buy this person out, depending on what the strike price was when they bought it versus where it is now. This could be a very, very expensive thing for Echo Fox to do. So it's not... As everyone thinks, it's not like a I'm going to fire you situation. Right. If it, if it was that easy, it would never have become public. Rick Fox would never have gone public with it, right? But it also puts you in, like, I, I haven't had time to go and look at the financials of Echo Fox and understand how much this person invested and what it may potentially cost to get out of this deal. 
But if they can't find somebody to replace that money, whether it's a fellow, like a current fellow investor or a new investor, like Riot's actually asking something that could also hurt the future of Equifax long term at LCS. So and, and I wish that Equifax would have actually came forward with this a little like before Riot did, um, it, because they said you know our timelines we've we've already planned this before Riot gave us gave it to us we've been working with them so they kind of knew it was so in some ways it almost diminishes like Riot making the say we're making this statement because they knew it was already going to happen. Well, it's also like why are you making this statement? Like, well, I get like, why like a pressure mechanism almost. right. But it is. I think they they probably realized that uh, to get the other people because Rick Fox even said like he couldn't get the backing of the other people to to get this person out right right and so this says uh, this speaks to those the 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 part of their heart that obviously doesn't listen to racism but will listen to the po- their pocketbooks which says we're about to lose probably our our cash cow for Echo Fox uh because of this one person now it's time to either out them or pay for it yeah because oftentimes a sad sad state they had to get to this point it is because oftentimes those vcs are backed by other sort of like pension funds and things of that nature because this can get pretty ugly if somebody decides and does a little research and finds out that like i don't know the school districts of columbus ohio have put some of their fund into this vc that has put some of that money into echo fox and then somebody goes and riles them up and then they come in, they go, the video games and the kids, and then they, like, yell at them. And everybody <laughs> I really don't know where, where, where you went with that, but, yeah, I will agree. No, uh, I'm maybe. just saying that there's ways that they could have made this even worse yeah. for them by going directly to the people who are putting the funds in and saying, hey, you're supporting a racist organization or whatever. And, and I'm also this. pretty certain that uh, Rick Fox would come back with some kind of lawsuit at some point in time with this. Oh, right? yeah, for sure, because he's out. I imagine it was not cheap for him to just walk away. Now, the question is, is does he stay walked away, or does he come back once this is this person's removed? I, I don't know, in all honesty. I, my, guess, my guess is because nobody bought him out that he would come back. Because he said he was working towards leaving at the earliest time, but that did require him selling his shares. Right, right. So. But again, his 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 problem was with the fact he couldn't convince the other owners. So that hasn't changed, right? No, exactly. It's still the same a holes that would yeah. not get rid of the racist guy the first time that are making this forced decision now, <laughs> right? Because they don't want to lose more money. It's just it's just sad. I would rather see just give it all to him and let him run it. So there we I go. Mean, he's Why done not? a pretty damn good job so far. I'd say. Yeah. Uh, moving on, the race for TI9 just got even more heated after Valve reallocated the number of spots per region prior to the Disneyland Major. I still can't believe those are words I say. Uh, <laughs> all eyes are on the star ladder Ukraine Minor. Instead of just a minor winning winner moving on to the Epicenter Major, the top two teams will qualify, providing an additional chance to earn a spot at TI9. Is this late-season rush and redistribution a good thing for Dota 2 or harmful to its competitive scene with this last-minute change? You know, and honestly, we've talked. I I think it's it's good. Uh, and here is why, because uh, I don't want to be a hypocrite. Because in the past, we've talked about, you know... You, I wish they, they would get more involved in fixed problems. Well, there is that. That is one thing. So... Uh, I will stand on that point, but also we right we've we've talked we've talked about uh, at least with like Blizzard and, and and within Overwatch within Hearthstone that they start off with this one year plan of how we're going to run the league and choose not to make decisions till it's done at the year end. And we're like, oh, we'll do it in season two, or we'll do it the next season. We'll make those changes. They saw a problem. They saw that the quality of play wasn't coming out uh, well from another region, uh, that they could get uh, more participation and maybe more opportunities uh, from a competitive standpoint as well, where the competition was better if they redistributed those things. Not knocking any one league or uh, region specifically, but that's just kind of how it was shaking out, right? And so they, that was why I, the, I'm assuming they made that change, in all honesty. 
I think it's good. It does create a little bit of a Valve doesn't know what they're doing. It's a little convoluted. Kind of makes for a cool story. I could like, okay, now if you were in this minor, you have one more chance to get into this major than you didn't think you had before. Yep. I do think it takes away a little bit of the uh this Hearthstone occasionally runs into this, especially in like the the quarterly, like the summer championship, whatever. It's like whoever ends up at the the top two or the top four always make it into like the next the next series of events. Everybody gets a trophy, right? Right. So this in this case, if you get into the finals, you're automatically given to the majors. So there's less of a fight there. I would still like if they're going to do it this round that number two has to play number three, right? In some way, like it should be. It should be a shake out of, from that point. Right, right. And then also part of this is the redistribution of spots, which saw Europe and China get additional spots. Right. There was some conjecture that North America would get those, or at least one of those spots, but that turned out not to be the case. Yeah. It makes sense from a quality of play standpoint, to your per- earlier point about why they're making these changes. Some of the best teams in the world are both in the Chinese and European region, so we would rather have more of those teams than the quote-unquote next best North American team, for example. Yeah, absolutely. Also, it doesn't hurt the fact that giving China one more team when it, your when TI is being held in China helps from like a viewership, nationality market thing, market. Yeah, it's so, I mean, I'm sure there's more than just uh, quality of competitive play making a uh, impact on this decision. But uh, overall, you know, they're doing, they're making changes, and they're coming out and doing it, and they're owning it. So I can't really, I can't really fault that. I don't know if it's the right decision, but um, it seems we'll to potentially be working. Yeah, I also know that the race has been pretty tight for a lot of teams within like Europe and China. So it, it allows someone who to get just one more chance to do it. It's the NBA problem in a lot of ways, right? Like the the best sixteen. This is teams. an esports podcast. I know, we're about? going traditional sports, my friend. The uh, the best teams are in the West, and you would be have a more exciting playoffs if you just took the best sixteen teams in the NBA as opposed to the best eight in each region. Right, right, right. Because it turns out the West is stronger. China in a similar boat. Now you said this is partially a money play. It potentially is working really well for them because we talked about this last time with the TI-9 prize pool trending uh, upward and not looking like it's flattening out. And three days in, $10 million already, trending to break the $30 million mark for the first time. We talked a little bit before about what are they doing different, but it seems like aiming at the Chinese market getting more Chinese teams in, getting people more hyped. We've seen this before. The more you move into the Chinese market, Overwatch League is doing this. Like, is that what's played here? What is so much different this year? Like, I was like, oh, you know, they're doing better. It's okay. But now we're talking like a big gap at this point. Would you say over $2 million gap from when they were at this point last year? I I think so. I think there's there's, um, less of a a clear winner or clear region this year. We've had... um, uh, We've had a a cleaner competition, I guess you could say, in terms of like you've been able to follow it better. Partially due to the, av- the average uh, daily player base is also increased. That also doesn't hurt. Yep. Um, and yeah, how many of them are playing auto chess? Well, that could be another thing too. So auto chess probably has not hurt this at all either. In all honesty, so I, I think there's a lot of good things going on here. I think. Uh, we'll see if auto chess has a long-term impact on it uh, in terms of like drawing people away, especially like the the mobile and it being splintered off or maybe whatever is up their sleeve next. But I, I think they're, um, 
yeah, I mean, Dota 2 is, I, I think every year we kind of wonder, like, is it going to make it? Is this the year that it dips? We're not this even thinking year, about that this year. This year, something's going to have to happen. Like, there, I kind of want to just go buy it now. It's going to be part of history. Oh, really? really? No, not just made that. Up. Okay, I was gonna say uh, I haven't spent a single time ever what's, in Dota. What, what's funny is like if you look at the graph, you can see the points when you get that jump up every time, and that's kind of where it kind of once it levels out to like looks like it's going to hit last year's line, they will re- release something additional, yep. and then it'll cause a bump in the prize pool and go up. They haven't even had to get there. No, already... there has been no flattening. It is still largely vertical. Yeah, I think last show we were saying they're like they're two million dollars over. I think they're trending over th- almost at three now. Like it just the the gap is widening not kind of going the other direction so it's good it's good stuff money 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 like scrooge mcduck over there there you go just want to go swimming in some gold coins um keeping it to dota 2 and our mention of auto chess so uh there has been a new trademark filed for video game software uh (laughs) dota underlords uh obviously related to the dota 2 universe potentially could be a vr project obviously they've got a lot going on at valve with the new vr headsets uh but you and I had some conjecture when we read the story, which is, is this related to auto chess in some way? I think this is actually the renaming of Artifact. Uh, no, I'm just joking. Head and hand over there. No, uh, I think... If you that- could hear a face palm, that's what just <laughs> happened. No, I, I think... I. It could be that this is something that they already had in the works for what they wanted to do with auto chess, right? Because when... Uh, their bid basically to purchase auto chess away and make it its own standalone thing became... got shut down. Uh, it... It could have been that this was in the works. This is where they've turned to next. It's very easy for them. There's to been a lot out of talk. The game, the mods made in their software. Yeah, there's been a lot of talk around uh, some of the B, the new VR stuff coming out. It could be an announcement that will be coming at TI9. I hope it goes the over better than Artifact. Right. Yeah, yeah. The, I, in all honesty, like based on how Artifact was released and the the booing that they got, which was. Really, it was just just not a good feeling. Uh, but uh, I, I, you know, I think that uh, they would be hesitant to release a VR anything unless it was like just a total like, oh yeah, by the way, here's this thing, but not hype it, right? I don't. I don't because if there's anything that can flop harder than a card game, it would be a VR game. Yeah, and I also wonder if just if they attempt to go after Auto Chess and turn it into their own, if the players will start leaving more so for the original the original kind of creator of it. Kind of like a screw you valve we're gonna go yeah. off and well, I mean we, we, I can't really blame them, right? Because all this is really saying is we've we can we had some conjecture about why they walked away and it's like they probably only offered them a certain amount of money and said, you know what, we can recreate this if we needed to, so why are we gonna pay you millions of dollars? And you and I said, because it's the IP and just the loyalty to the developer this may be a sign that they don't listen to our warnings, which they should. Everyone should listen to this show, by the way. Yeah. Um, they just said, you know what? Screw it. We'll make our own auto chess and we can do it quickly. We saw how quickly auto chess got ported over to mobile. So, Yeah. It, it's, it's in all honesty, I feel like because it doesn't reference to the number two in Dota, that uh, it is going to be its own little standalone mobile game of some sort. I, I, I know okay, that's where they're going to be going with it. Balloon. Yeah. Lead balloon. The Overwatch League might just be doing better than everyone thinks, including 
Jazz. The Owl Stage 2 playoff and finals marked a new viewership high for the season with an AMA of 545,000, while the Stage 2 finals was the best performing esports broadcast ever across the ABC, ESPN, Disney streaming channels. So we got Dota 2 on the rise, League of Legends on the rise. We talked about the LEC doing better than it ever did in its EU LCS MSI iteration. Was, MSI was crazy. MSI yeah. was crazy. Overwatch is also on the rise. We're often the bringer of bad news. We're always a bringer of bad news uh, when it comes to esports, but is a real traction here at this stage because this this is the first time that we haven't been talking about declining viewership, especially when we're talking about the Overwatch League. I, I think we are going in the right direction. I don't think it's at the pace in which everybody assumed it would be. Right? I well, they you, thought million. They they heard these like oh, billions of people are watching esports. Yeah, I think we're still seeing probably in the neighborhood of like even though like twenty percent viewership jump. I think in Overwatch is is huge. Those are great numbers, right? And when you look at it, is it meeting expectations? Still, no. I mean, if you bought in for twenty five million and you're only seeing half a million people do it, like I think MSI over the weekend bumped a million people. Uh, during one of the matches, like so, like and it, given, and also, like we're not sure that this audience is as valuable as a traditional television audience or a right. marketing audience. Who knows, right? But it's still, um, it everything's trending in the right direction for all of these. I think we are definitely uh, maybe the avenues in which they're delivering them. I'm not sure how we, you know they're doing the math on the numbers, uh, what they're including, but it does make a lot of sense. I mean, there's my my worry comes when there is. The return on investment doesn't meet the expectations, right? And also, when you look at, like, the Chinese market is becoming a little more difficult to handle or get into, that if you're reliant on those, uh, being the numbers... Now, I'm assuming that the ABC, ESPN, Disney stuff doesn't include Chinese numbers, but... I, again, you have to worry. What if your game all of a sudden can't be broadcast in China because of right, violence? Right. What happens if all of a sudden Chinese government says, "Sorry, Dota Two can't be is not a game that can be played here in China"? Like they've they messed with tournaments before, saying certain teams couldn't show up. Right. Like I, who's to say that they couldn't do that with with the international right and throw things for a loop? So it's always a dangerous game. The payoff is under- huge, but you also run a, a, a big risk. We also have to understand, not to get political again, but there is tensions between our country and China, and it's largely around things like this, right? Technology and trade, and like we overstep our bounds and ban the wrong thing, and then China just says, screw it, American company. You can't bring your video game tournament to right. the land. I mean, it's it's possible. It's, it's, a, it's a stretch. It's possible. We've seen this happen with visa thing. I mean, part of the problem with visas is that restrictiveness right, of people right. from the U.S. going to China, especially in like media and things of that nature. So. Yeah. And wrapping up, Denial Esports has come full circle as the latest rumors have the company owing over $100,000 to its team members, largely in the CWL division. To make matters worse, Denial Esports co-owner Zachary Smith has announced he's leaving the organization, placing daily operations in the hands of the team's previous strategic advisor. (sighs) Zach Smith claims Denial grew too fast too quickly and repeatedly called claims against them for payment nonsense. Is this Groundhog's Day or a case of a group of investors getting in over their head and apparently not understanding the history of this particular organization? organization i mean they had to they essentially bought the rights to it uh it this is in all honesty where where it comes down to is there was the uh the french call of duty team had it in their um it had a clause in their contract saying that denial was not legally permitted to pay the salary or basically they said they could not pay until a proper visa had been issued for the team but the teams had been let go without the visas getting secured 
uh, and, and basically it was never really finalized. Although also in the contract they state uh, that the players shall receive a salary negotiated in good faith. Now, uh, denial well, basically, faith? yeah, <laughs> good faith and denial esports. How if any of those two things got on the same sheet of paper? I don't know, unless it's like our notes here making fun of it. But like, yep. it's. Uh, basically they say, so denial's claiming that they put the money in escrow until it all happened or whatever, which is why they never got paid. But if you're going to pay someone in good faith and you can't pay them until they get a visa, it gets a little gray area-ish. Uh, what doesn't help is when you, basically, uh, your, uh, your, your co-owner's like, I'm piecing out. <laughs> like, it doesn't look good. And, no, especially when he says, oh, we grew too quickly. Right, 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 right. And so it, he basically is saying that we really had no intentions of paying it. Uh, we haven't. We're, we have other problems that may have not surfaced. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to run and hide. And we even even from the beginning, like I had, I had serious concerns around denial esports's new ownership, especially when his Twitter account was banned at the time when they made the announcement, like, "Oh, hey, denial esports has new owners." And his account was banned for some, like, random stuff. I'm like, this doesn't fare well. When- he was tweeting in good faith. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. Oh, man. That's a, that's a good one, man. I like you know, that. Occasionally, I bring the funnies. That's right. So, one, clearly the Denial Esports is not getting into uh, the Call of Duty Franchise League, which is also an interesting point. Oh, man. Holy crap. If, that, if they were allowed in, I don't even know what to think. First no, off. because they don't have an Overwatch League team, so they're clearly not getting in. Yeah. And then we can conveniently well... We know this league is going away anyway. Yeah. Oh, right. oh, whoops, 100K. Don't know where it went. Good faith. Handshakes, jazz hands. <laughs> good, like, good faith, jazz hands? Yep. Good, good faith, <laughs> jazz hands. I'm just saying. I. This is just ridiculous. I, Denial is both the worst and the best esports organization ever. Worst in that they never pay their players and they've just gone over and over again. Best in that they never stop generating ridiculous situations. This is true. This is true. Are and they sent you back down the rabbit hole of their Hype Man's YouTube videos. Which yeah, like what's his name? Like Active Beard or whatever I, it is? I don't know, but he's bringing that high heat 3D printing. You best Man, be careful. I can't. I can't take it. He is... I, I think like if I could um, put like an alert tone on my phone for like an alarm in the morning, that would be the thing that would get me out of the bed, march me across the room, pick up my phone, and just launch out the He's window. Like, get hype! Oh man, it, <laughs> that what was it? That gosh darn whatever, and then turns around and curses the next time. No, no, he didn't even say gosh darn. He said gosh damn, and then proceeded to swear for the next like five minutes. But can't say God. <laughs> it's the end of the I world. But we can say effing whatever. Oh. I mean, at least he uh, didn't have a baby strapped to his back or something. Well, he has also been driving again. He did another one while driving, which always did. He have the car seat in there again. Uh, no, he had somebody in the back filming it from behind. So oh, there might must have yeah. been somebody. <laughs> now he's now he's got child labor actually filming his. Maybe they videos. should stop paying that idiot and pay their players instead. Like I said at the beginning of the show, we do not make friends with this episode or the show in general. I'm going to go out and live and say that I have zero interest in being friends with anybody at Denial Esports. Oh, it's probably good to separate themselves. So. Just saying. That's going to do it. As always, you can catch us each and every week on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. Just head over to eLeagueReport.com for all the ways to listen and subscribe. And while you're over there, be sure to leave us a five-star review. Make seven happy. Maybe some jazz hands. Just Good hype face. us. Hype us. We need hype us. your best hype video. Yes, in, in... yes. Hype us up in the five-star review. You'll never know and you'll get another chance. There you go. Maybe <laughs> next week. I don't know. And as always, you can uh, hype us up in person by going over to our Discord server at discord.elegreport.com. We'll be back next week with another episode of the e